Sunday, 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 Mr. Norm's Grand Spalding Dodge takes on Don the Snake Perdome this Sunday at Minnesota Dragways. Welcome to Living in the 60s. This episode is Cars of the 60s. Hi, this is Craig. Tom's right here. Say hi, hi Tom. Hi, Tom. Yeah, that's right. Hey, we're going to have some fun today. We're talking about the cars that we drove or wanted to drive in the 60s. Tom, tell us, what were you cruising around the Golden Valley and Crystal area oh, I was back in the day? I had a 1965 Mustang. It was moss green in color, white interior. I love that car. It had a 289 engine, and uh, it was fantastic. I'm going to save the end of the podcast to tell you about what actually happened happened to that okay. car it's very interesting <laughs> i'm sure it is <laughs> i i have a story too um now as odd as it sounds i also had a 65 mustang mine was a convertible red exterior had white interior i had four on the floor a 289 and with that car i got to become really good friends with the new hope police department <laughs> so yeah it was a nice arrangement it, it was my mom's car to start with until my dad took me shopping for motorcycles because I always wanted a Honda 350. That was big back in our day, right? Sure, yeah. If someone wasn't driving a car, they had a motorcycle. So he and I went and looked at a motorcycle at one of the dealerships. I was all excited because he was for this. We got home, told my mom that I was going to buy it, and she begged me not to buy a motorcycle. Mm. She said she would sell me the Mustang that she had at a discount price to keep me off the motorcycle. Oh, wow. Now, I thought about this, and, I, and obviously she, she saw what trouble I had riding my bike without training wheels when I was a little guy. <laughs> <laughs> so she had a good point. So my first car was the Mustang, and it took me a little while to get used to driving a four-speed. Finally figured it out, you know, how I could burn rubber right off the line. I was able to beat a lot of cars off the line, such as Roadrunners and GTOs, but after about five seconds, they were zooming by me. (laughs) I love going down to Lake Street because that's where cars would go to show off and do some street racing. Oh, yeah. Very true. Very true. Okay, Craig, let's do a little reminiscing about the cars that were around that time. A Pontiac GTO Firebird. Chevy had the SS396. The Camaro Oldsmobile had the Olds 442. Oh, that was beautiful. Oh, and the Buick had the Grand Sport. Ford also had the Shelby Mustang, and there was the Ford Fairlane, Fairlane and the three with the 390 engines, and there was also the Super Cobra Jet Ford Torino. Wow, hey. that baby moved. Oh, man. And the Dodge had the Charger, the Challenger, the Super B, with a 425 Hemi. The Plymouth had the Barracuda, the Superbird, and the Roadrunner. Oh, yeah, a lot of Roadrunners oh, back yeah, in those they were days. Great. Uh, drag races were at the Minnesota Dragway, which was in Anoka County, Twin City Speedway. And the local driver, Tom Huber, drove a dragster on a national level. And what about Mr. Norm's Grand Spalding Dodge? Oh, yeah. And what's weird, it was really a Dodge Cornet, and then it became a Dodge Dart that he was driving. And he would always race Don the Snake Perdome as a big promotion. (laughs) 
Um, we have received some emails from listeners who had some great cars and memories. One of our classmates, Tim, used to drag at Twin City Speedway. He had a 68 SS 396 Chevrolet Camaro with SS Krager mags, standard mag size on front, deep dish mag size on the back, Goodyear white raised letter racing tires, and as he put it, he was all jacked up and ready to scream. <laughs> he even won a trophy for this car in July of 69, just about six weeks after high school graduation. And he beat a 1969 Hemi Roadrunner at Twin City Speedway in Drag Strip. He beat many a Mustang, Roadrunners, Challengers, and Chargers with this car. And he's had many other muscle and sports cars since. But this was the best one ever. So when he bought it brand new, this will give you an idea, it was $2,650. Wow, what a bargain. <laughs> I could buy that today. <laughs> yeah. If he had it today yet, it would be worth over two hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now, sad story, he lost the car when a young lady ran a stop sign in Brooklyn Center when Tim was on his way to North Hennepin Junior College in the fall of seventy one. So you see, what good does college do you, right? <laughs> That's right. It loses okay. so much. You know what? You have some other really good memories that some of our listeners sent in. So go ahead and... Yeah. See, one of our classmates, Pat, remembers a car she drove. It was her 65 VW Beetle, which she just got back last year. And she drives it around in the summer. She got it back. Wow. And Pat originally had this car. It was beige. But someone painted it now, so it, it's red and black, and it, it just looks fantastic. And if our listeners want to go to uh, the Facebook site, the Robbinsdale Cooper High School Class of 69 Facebook page, and scroll down a little bit, she was kind enough to put some pictures in there. Oh, And great. it really looks cool. Oh, well, that's great. We, yeah, we've got to go see that. Barb had a 1964 Ford Galaxy 500. It was red. With a black top, had really it was really sharp looking. Barb said it was my mom's, but she was very generous with us with it. So that, that's fantastic. Tom M had a '64 Dodge Polara, a 383, a Rochester four-barrel carb, push-button transmission. After the butter, after his brother crashed it, and later. A 67 Pontiac Firebird with a six-cylinder, 3.8-liter, and overhead cam. Ellie had a 67 Chevrolet Camaro, teal green, turquoise in color. Pretty. Yeah, beautiful. Carol told us she drove a 1964 Plymouth Valiant convertible, four-speed. Pam had a good memory, driving my parents' 65 Ford Mustang. It was a cool car to drive. I took my driver's test in the car, and who hadn't, in 1971. Mike S. cruised around Robbinsdale in his 67 GTO and had a 400 cubic inch, 335 horsepower engine, three speed on the floor, uh, a lot of muscle in those cars in Minnesota. Uh, Mike took his car to the Minnesota Dragways to have his car timed 
on the quarter mile and it hit 96.77 miles per hour in 14.84 seconds. Way to go, Tom. That's great. Hey, I know Mike also made a big deal that it had positive traction. So I'm not sure if that year that was something special that came with it. But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, congratulations, Mike, on uh, getting your little uh, 14.84 second timing. Okay, we have a good friend, Bill, who sent us a, a memory of his 69 Mach 1 that he got for high school graduation. Wow, what a present. You know what I got for a graduation present? What? A pen. Oh. Yeah, a nice big pen. Must have been all gold. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, Bill says, no question. It was truly a very special car. Yes, it was a graduation surprise, one that I know was the exception to graduation presents, and it really was quite humbling. Some classmates praised it. Some were in awe of this present. Others just wanted to ride in it, and it was something I was always very proud of. It was special to take it down to Lake Street. Mm-hmm. And yes, I frequently had someone that wanted to race me at the stoplight. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is true. Depending on the location and time of day, that did happen quite a bit. The Mach 1 was my pride and joy all through college. Then after college, I hooked a U-Haul trailer behind it and took all my belongings to his first U.S. Navy base. Unfortunately, like my 65 Mustang, the Mach 1 began rusting, and by 1974, it was becoming quite a challenge. My wife Carol and I were living in Norfolk, Virginia, and I was deployed to the Mediterranean for seven months in 75, returning in 76. I wasn't home a week, and it became clear that the Mach 1 was on its last legs. Mm. So he traded it for a 76 Firebird, not bad, and that was the end of the career for Bill's Mach 1. (laughs) (laughs) See, Al shares a memory of this story. Uh, He had a 66 Chevy Supersport, red, four on the floor, a 327 cubic, and 300 horsepower. It also had air shocks in the rear, case I wanted to um, in the rear and he wanted to uh, have a race car that race car look probably one he got into two speeding he did get a couple of speeding tickets in one month two of them (laughs) get this going 42 miles an hour and 40 miles an hour in a 35 mile per hour zone come on yep and but he, he says this the cop same cop both times. Oh, nice guy. Well, yeah, really, he drew the lottery on that one. Uh, he <laughs> he also questioned his radar accuracy, but he didn't get anywhere. He paid $1,500 cash, which uh, was more money that, that he had earned in the neighborhood, shoveling snow off of driveways in the winter and cutting lawns in the summer. Wow. Cool story. Yeah. How about this one? Our good friend Mike M., has a couple memories. He says, my personal car memories are somewhat on both ends of the spectrum. I didn't have my own car, so I was completely at the mercy of my parents. If things were going exceptionally well, as in I'd been a good boy, I got to pilot my mom's baby blue Mm. 63 Chrysler 300 convertible. 
It had 375 horsepower, leather bucket seats, a great radio, push-button automatic transmission. Wow. Which is making a comeback 60 years later <laughs> in today's models. So he was allowed to drive it for quote-unquote special occasions like homecoming prom and to chauffeur our homecoming queen, Princess Robin, during the homecoming parade. Now, the reality part of Mike's <laughs> other side of the story is he meant he would have to be relegated to muscling his dad's ultra-stripped-down Chevrolet Biscayne four-door sedan. <laughs> he says this was probably the most horrendously mundane vehicle ever produced by any automobile manufacturer. It had bench seats, no power steering or no power brakes, no radio, a manual stick shift on the column called three on the tree. It moved at a slothful pace energized by an incomprehensible underpowered engine. (laughs) (laughs) To diminish the aesthetics of this automobile's atrocity even further, beginning with opening fishing weekend and continuing through Labor Day, my father would place his 12-foot aluminum fishing boat upside down on the top of the car where it would remain for the entire season. Oh. (laughs) One of of our other buddies, Gary, would call it the Ark. So Mike would be driving around Crystal with the Ark. With the Ark, oh. Trust me, this is not a conveyance you would take to Porky's on Lake Street on a Saturday night unless you had a masochistic tendency. (laughs) Mike, that's a great story. That is fantastic. And I'm assuming that Mike was not a good boy if he had to drive this car around a lot. So you can make your own conclusion. Being demoted from the car he was driving to begin with to what he's doing, what he had. (laughs) I wonder what he's driving now. Right. Maybe a mail truck or something. I don't know. Say, one of our listeners remembers that she drove a 1959 Chevy Impala in the 60s. Remember the Impalas? Oh, yeah. It was a very... uh, old cool car however every time she made a right turn i love this the the horn would go off she <laughs> she remembers getting dirty looks from everyone driving in in front alongside her they'd come up and they you know hey your corn's turned up why, why is your horn going off and it was really embarrassing for her because her dad couldn't even fix it oh wow how about that one embarrassing yeah Uh, Say, we can't forget some of the great songs that were influenced by cars during the 60s. How, um, okay, how about Mustang Sally by Wilson Pickett? Yep. Hey Little Cobra by The Rip Chords. That was one of my first albums I bought. I bet you still have that record here somewhere. Uh, I do. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure. Uh, (laughs) How about It Happened on the Strip Where the Road Is Fine? Two cool shorts standing side by side. Shut down. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And how about... Little Do Scoop by the Beach Boys. Okay, how about this one? Little Old Lady from Pasadena. Oh, yeah. By Jan and Dean. Dead Man's Curve. Ah. SS396 by Paul Revere and the Raiders. Wow. And Little GTO in 1964 by Ronnie and the Daytonas. Oh, fantastic. And the Beach Boys 409. Yep. From 64, Fun, Fun, Fun. Now that Daddy took the The T-Bird away. 
No particular place to go by oh. Chuck Berry in '64. Oh. That could be. That and how about be. this one? Yeah, '65. The Playmates with beep 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 beep. The horn goes beep beep beep. There you oh, go. That was that. That was that's classic. Yes. Well, Tom, the sad part about all these stories is, what did we do with those cars that we drove around, had so much fun fun with? From my standpoint, I had to sell mine up in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota in 1973. Oh. The wheel wells in the trunk were so rusted, there was nothing left. So I don't even remember what I sold it for, but it, it disappeared up in Detroit Lakes. Just kind of now, what about you? You said you were going to fill us in on what yep. happened to your Mustang. Okay. I had. I was so proud of this Mustang. It was a, a moss green and white interior. I absolutely loved it. And we had a little doll mascot that was in the back window. <laughs> and don't laugh now, but it was a, a baby with a diaper on it. And it had a little fighting stance to, to where it get your dukes up, you know. <laughs> so that was our little favorite thing. Well, I went off into the service and uh, was in basic and uh, I ended up coming back and my future wife had been driving the car. Mistake number one. Mistake Go ahead. Mistake number one. And she called my dad. The red light engine light went on. She called my dad and said, um, I've got the red engine light on. What is it? So he came down and he said, check the oil. No oil. Oh. So she said, didn't you know that you, when the oil light comes on, you <laughs> check the oil and blah, blah, blah? Just no, I didn't. Well, still married to my wife. Didn't affect anything for 50 years. Not that you haven't forgotten about it. Oh, and I, and I remember every so often. <laughs> so that was my story, and that was my... Some guy from a Ford, a mechanic, came in and bought the car. So I'm sure it... So the, the engine seats, was toast, or...? The engine was oh. toast, yeah. yeah. So Well, that's a sad ending. Yeah, it's very sad. I kind of get tears every once in a while. Oh, well. But that's so it. everybody's got their stories, oh, and yeah. we, we thank you for sending them in. And uh, please keep sending to us if you've got more memories of the 60s, because we'll come back and do some more podcasts about this. It's fun to think back about those days. So. And, you know, some of the more successful podcasts were... When everybody uh, comes yeah. in and, and says stuff to us. Gives us, us some, some input. We, we love, love it. it. So don't forget our email, livinginthe60s at myyahoo.com. Livinginthe60s at myyahoo.com. Hey, thanks again for listening. We're living in the 60s.